Hello everyone and welcome to another episode, the very first episode for season two of That 80s Child, The Generation Y. And I'm Gabrielle, as you probably already know. <laughs> There's usually just me and this abyss that you're listening to beyond. So, But I thank you for listening. I really do appreciate it. So in this episode, um, I'm going to use the recent news of Michael Nesmith, one of the monkeys, uh, passing. Unfortunately, uh, I had, they were a big part of my life. One of the main groups I was really getting into went the early 90s. I like some people getting into like the grunge and stuff like that. I was getting into the monkeys. So on the tail feathers of that, I'm going to dedicate this episode to them and to Mike Nesmith for all that he has given the music community. So the monkeys had a resurgence in the 1980s. So I know it might not seem nostalgic, at least within the generation Y, for instance, because they came out in the 60s. But in the 1980s, they had a resurgence, and they started to play to actually do a reruns. So due to the cable TV reruns on NBC, they played the Monkees television show. And because of that, they had, they had a sudden resurgence. People were getting into them again. And they actually came out with a, another album in 1986 called Pool It in conjunction with the, that resurgence and to mark the uh, 20th anniversary of them forming. They formed in 1966. So in 1986, they did a 20-year reunion tour. Mike Nesmith was not part of that tour, nor was he part of the Bullet album. It w- there was a little bit of a monkey mania going on. There was some memorabilia that was coming out, and it sparked people kind of getting back into that. And even though in 1986 I was only three years old, I'm sure they reran the episodes beyond 1986, but I do recall watching them when I was little. And I know that my mom would have put them on because being a child of the of the 60s, she loved them too and she has some of them she had some of their albums and um, would put them on and I would watch it and find it hilarious when I was little. So I had memories of them from back then. So technically it is nostalgic for me. And I'm sure I'm sure people have seen their show i mean it's it's a pretty awesome show so and they had some cool music my son actually likes their show and he's not really into a whole lot of the old music he has you know i i don't force my music onto him like if i'm listening to it and he's like hey what's that i'll tell him but i'm not like here's like i love depeche mode and i'm like here's depeche mode you're gonna like it and listen to every single damn album (laughs) I don't do that. It's if he happens to hear my music, like especially if I'm in my car and he's in there and he's, you know, I know that he's actually getting into Duran Duran, some of the songs that they have done. He still is not a fan of Depeche Mode, which kind of hurts me, (laughs) but that's okay. To each their own. Not everybody likes them. That's fine. I digress. So uh, just to give you a little bit of background of the monkeys, if you have not, you know, even touched a little bit on their music or their history. Um, If not, fine. I'll just give you a little bit of a rundown and then you'll know. The more you know. 
1966, it was they were formed, and it was an answer to a ad that was put out to have a Fab Four band, kind of like the Beatles, to have a television show, and they wanted them to look like the Beatles, like the haircut and the how they dressed and the music of the time. So they each tried out for these auditions. You know, obviously there was a bunch of other people who must have auditioned as well. And then uh, the ones that won out were Michael Nesmith, Peter Tork, Mickey Dolenz, and Davy Jones. It's pretty cool because if you watch or if you have any of the DVDs, I have uh, the complete VHS uh, <laughs> collection of their episodes they actually have one that shows you their audition tape which was really cool or at least for me it's cool but it is pretty neat to see what was asked of them what they looked like back then and how they might have changed to conform to the um, part that they wanted to win so it's, it's actually pretty neat so after they were formed um, they started to air the the seasons on NBC for, and it lasted for two seasons, from September of 1966 to March 1968. It's unfortunate how how um, quick it seems and, like, that they didn't really get too much of a chance to get more on it. But there was a lot of, like, uh, back and forth with the people who were creating the music and how, like, they were individual musicians and artists on their own. And to have, like, the studio kind of dictating everything that they wanted them to do. And they wanted to have a little bit more of an artistic say in it. So there was a lot of things were going to start getting a little rough and more so because they wanted to have their own artistic license to the music instead of having people write their own music and, and produce their own music. So they had six albums released with all four of the members. The second album so you had the monkeys or here come the monkeys which was the, their debut album and then they had the second one called more of the monkeys the the uh band didn't even know that that second album was being released technically with the contract that they signed they didn't need to know it was specifically for the uh studio to be able to release it it's more of a promotional marketing thing to keep up with the you know the show and what they were doing and you know it's money it's they're making money off of them and they signed themselves over to that unfortunately so contracts could be harsh especially in those days and if they were young and didn't really look at it or they felt that they wanted more as they grew as individuals and artists that contract's going to be restricting there was a couple of documentaries that they did on the monkeys, especially with BH1, and they did, like, behind the music and things of that sort. They did one with the monkeys, and they actually had a biopic type of, like, drama, dramatized movie that they did of how the band was formed and what happened thereafter that made it them disband. So I watched all of them. That's why I know a lot of the stuff. I didn't even have to do much research. It's all it's all up in my head <laughs> on the useless information. So like I said, six albums were released with all four original members. Two more albums with only three members. So Peter Tork left. He was the first one to leave because he was sick of, you know, just going through the motions of everything that was happening. And he wanted to do his own thing. Then one album was with just Davy Jones and Mickey Dolenz. And then they stopped 
for a while until that resurgence in 1986. Then they had another resurgence in 1996 with their 30-year reunion. And that's when I was already into them and I was starting to like watch their shows, get into the albums and stuff like that. And they released another album called Just Us and it was with all four members which was the first time in a very long time that they were all together. My my brother had bought tickets for me and my niece, so his daughter, to go and see them because we were both into them at the same time. And it was great. We went and saw them at the man. And that was just, it was really, really cool. Unfortunately, at the time, Mike Nesmith was actually touring with them for the new album, but he dropped out of the tour after a little while and unfortunately the one that I saw it was just the three so I never got to see Mike Nesmith with them or on his own or anything live which is unfortunate I wish I was able to I wish I kind of picked up on the the farewell tour that they just did with him and Mickey Dolenz because the other ones are gone I was grateful enough to be able to see Davy Jones before he passed and Peter Tork before he passed so you know <laughs> You know, I'd take what I can get. For my birthday, I'd have to say it would have to have been like 1996. My mom got me a new television with the, the VCR. It was like the TV and VCR all in one. And she got me a subscription to Columbia House that I would get the, um, I guess every, every month I would get a new uh, VHS tape of the Monkees episodes. And I have every single one of them. And they're sitting right over on my bookcase, right next to my typewriter, and my old uh, The Sims, original Sims games. That's some of my, like, nostalgia uh, cubbyhole. <laughs> so I have all of them sitting there, and I have every single one. I think only one VHS tape was ruined, unfortunately, because they were our house where we used to live. And I'm not trying to get too far off on topic here, because it's still regarding the VHS tapes. But our house, as the years progressed, it went through changes. And I'm talking like it was from 1989 to 2000. The house was almost the same other than like siding and some new windows that my dad put in. But for the most part, the inside of the house kind of was the same. And when he passed away, it kind of was a moment where we felt as though we needed to have a major change. So... We changed, like, the paint in the rooms and what was put up on the walls. I guess just because we needed to make it noticeable to us that things have changed in the dynamic of our household and that and the family. So every time we cleaned, now we lived on a 10-acre farm. We had a barn, a two-story garage, a attic, and a basement. And the only reason why I'm saying this is not because I'm trying to, you know, hey, look what I had. It was more of like, let me tell you, all this space got used up on just junk. Not hoarder-ish. Some rooms I felt like they were. Um, but my dad was very much into um, bartering. So there was things that he took in that he got paid for um my we also loved yard sales garage sales flea markets and then just the years progressing of things getting out birthdays christmases things in between and not a lot of things getting thrown out unfortunately 
So as it got too much, things would get boxed up, put in the second story garage, and then when the barn was no longer being used for horses, that was also being used for storage. And somehow, in these years of transformation of the house, my box of VHS tapes that had the, the monkeys in it got into the barn. Now, the barn is what you would expect. It's not insulated, it's not heated, it's not air conditioned. So for however long this box of VHSs that got out there were subjected to the weather. So the fact that I have all but one that works, I'm grateful. Because <laughs> I don't know how it got out there because I wouldn't have willingly just been like, yeah, toss this, I don't need it. No way in hell would I say that. So they're now inside a nice kind of relegated, uh, regulated, that would be, <laughs> regulated um, room. Up here, it does <laughs> during the summertime, it does get hot. So that's the uh, progression of life for these VHS tapes. But anyway, it was awesome that I was able to get them and watch them and, and just dive into the whole thing that is the monkeys. I even got um, an original monkeys board game that I got at the Quaker City Flea Market that my dad would always go to. I got, I subscribed to the Monkeys fanzine <laughs> and I went on to one of the first websites that I went on to when we got our computer and internet was the Monkeys website. Did it take forever to load? Yes, it did. <laughs> because they did have pictures and back in the day people would have like music and stuff and it would just take an extremely long time to load. So I would only visit it on special occasions I guess and I would print out like the photographs that I was able to to see and and I would have you know people back in the day would have like Jonathan Taylor Thomas and Jonathan Brandis and things like and I guess in sync and whatever those boy bands whatever um <laughs> I had the monkeys on my wall so and these are from like printed out uh photographs like you know dot matrix one so they weren't even great quality printing it's not like the laser jets that you can get like whatever they do now but it was like the took forever to print too and I used up quite a bit of ink and I know that you know that wasn't great because now I'm like having to buy the ink now on my own I'm like well wow how much money did I spend then so <clears throat> yes so I would suggest they, I don't know if they have it on a streaming service somewhere. I actually have never checked because I do have, I have them on DVD and they do have a Blu-ray version out that I wanted to get because they have like extras on it. So besides the television show and besides their albums, they had um, a movie and a special. The movie was called Head. It's kind of like a... A trippy vibe of what it was for them in the industry and what they went through and it was kind of like a more of a symbolic type of weird wacky out of this world type of view on it but understandably so because it was the 60s and that you know if you watched any movies that were back then they were kind of trippy and that in order for you to like sit and <laughs> understand it maybe you had to be high yourself I don't know but it's an odd movie would I recommend it um if you really really want to get like if you really want to get the entire idea of the monkeys and like what they've done sure 
then you can complete that collection. But I wouldn't go out of my way so much to go and watch it. I don't find it to be like, oh my God, you must see this. Like Tommy was a great play slash movie, you know, like a rock musical. Head, I wouldn't put that in, in the same category. <laughs> so then their special was called 33 and a Third Revolutions Per Monkey. And that was kind of like one of those weird special shows that would have special guests, weird little skits and things like that. So again, if you really want to see the monkeys do that, sure, get it. It, But I wouldn't be like, you need to go find this and spend the money to see if it's available anywhere. Um, I believe they might even have it on the the DVD or the Blu-ray. Because I know my VHS, they they have two... VHS tapes dedicated to them as a whole, so I have a whole complete collection. So, you know, it's not, I don't think it's something that you need to go and find just to complete everything. But they're interesting, and you get to see them, what they look like as they progressed through the years. So, a little bit about Mike Nesmith and how much he's actually contributed to the um, progression of music and music videos. He actually was one was the one help create MTV. His he had a, I think it was called Elephant Parts, and then he had like a show of his own that was music with a like you know into with the videos going on, and it inspired that whole generation to pop up and MTV to happen. So if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have MTV or at least what it was like in the 80s and even up through the 90s, not MTV today. I'm fairly certain he didn't expect it to be the reality television-ridden stuff that it is now. At least that idea what was inspired by him and he helped create. His mother, speaking of, of a lineage of creators, created liquid paper or what we call whiteout. If it wasn't for that, we wouldn't have Whiteout and we wouldn't have MTV. So thank you, Monkeys, and thank you, Mike Nesmith and his family. So that's like a fun fact. And I didn't, I knew about a lot of different things. Like I didn't actually follow a lot of their individual pro- uh, projects after the Monkeys. I know I'm a horrible, a horrible fan. I just, it was like a, um, I'd say it was about four years that I was, really into the monkeys I got and especially like in the 90s when the 60s vibe and dress and way of life seemed to come back around you had the bell bottoms you had the bell sleeve shirts the weird wacky uh, tie-dye stuff and then the happy face and the peace sign came back and you had like everything that was like groovy (laughs) I mean, you even had, like, Austin Powers movies that were playing off of that. And then uh, Delight with uh, Groove is in the Heart. Watch that video. That's, like, hippie central. So it was the perfect time to be in it and wanting to see what life was like. At least back then you had the mood rings that came out as well. Fashion Bug was kind of, like, my go-to because they always had all that little, little extra accessory stuff that I would love to have. And I wish I still had some of that stuff. I know I... I know I just got rid of a lot of things because there was no need for it. So of the time, it was a great a great way to dive into that that whole decade. And my mom, who grew up then, and she was a hippie, she had a whole she has a whole collection of records. 
So I went through her record collection. She thankfully had, because I was into Simon and Garfunkel pri- uh, prior to the Monkees. So she had their album. She had some Monkees albums. The ones that she didn't have I found on eBay when I was able to get on eBay. Or I would go to yard sales and things of that sort that were selling records. And I found a few, which was great. And even things that I didn't know, like they had the singles, they had the 45s. I have a good collection of that stuff. I like to collect in general, but it was great like when you are really, really into something. And then I had a, a not a great version of their one uh, album, Headquarters. Found a better one. I have both of them, but the whole the whole sleeve was just falling apart and I found a better one. Collections are awesome and collecting things are, especially when you complete a collection, there's just, you get this feeling, this rush, it's great. I need to find another word than great and awesome because I know I use that a lot. So apologies, I will get, I think I'm doing a little bit better with what I say and of course editing helps. (laughs) All right, so Just to give you a little bit of an idea, if you wanted to look into any of their music, um, I figured I'll tell you like what my favorite album is, the favorite songs, and and my favorite episode. Which, by the way, it's been a while since I watched some of these episodes, so I had to, I actually did go through their episodes one by one. Not watching all of them, I just went through the list, and the ones I couldn't remember by name, I would I would actually like look at clips because they do on YouTube have episodes of this I don't know the quality of it but when I was searching for things I saw like full episodes so if you can't find them on DVD or otherwise YouTube's always a good go-to for a lot of stuff my favorite album is Pisces Aquarius Capricorn and Jones Limited that is their fourth album yeah their fourth album and I just really like it because that album was when they transitioned into doing more of their own music, their own writing, their own creating. Now, they did still have like other people like contributing here and there, but it wasn't completely overtaken by the, the higher-up execs with the contract saying, like, this is how you're going to do it. These are the people that are going to write the songs, and this is how you're going to sing it. So you got to see each individual singer and songwriter's perspective and how they differed because like Mike Nesmith was more into like country-esque folky type music then you had Mickey Dolenz which was more of like the pop base pop at the time I guess I don't even know it's like more of like your mainstream then you had Davy Jones who did like it was sort of like more of a traditional-esque off like Broadway type of singing you know and he had he was the only British person in that that group and he tended to sing in a very nasally way and yes there are some great songs like um, Daydream Believer, uh, Star Collector that were great that he sang but sometimes it his it could just be a little grating to me so I mean you know just to each their own like I said and then you had uh, Peter Tork who liked to do off the beaten path sort of like alternative funky things (laughs) um he wasn't the best singer he had some really awesome um different views on music and he knew how to play so many different instruments so it makes it so interesting to listen to how he put something together 
and I think um, after he was done in the monkeys, he became a professor at some college. So, and I think his his mother was a um, uh, a English teacher. So, they all come from different walks of life. Mickey Dolenz was already in the Hollywood uh, arena and the circles. His parents were actors, and he already uh, starred in a show called Circus Boy. So, I think when he audition for it he had like a little bit of a leg up because he already kind of knew what people were looking for i think he had a band too i don't know what it was called prior to being in the monkeys so he didn't know how to play the drums he had to teach himself how to play the drums so when they did live shows he actually did play and but he had to teach himself because when he first went into the the whole thing that wasn't his that wasn't his uh his shtick he was like more of like the stuff that he did was like more comedy based if you watched any of the shows. But he seemed like a, uh, a pretty um, in real life was more of a quiet individual until like he felt like he when he was on, he was on, you know what I'm saying? So because I watched some interviews that they did with him and he was like so much more quiet than I'm like, I'm like wait a second, you're so loud on the show. But it just goes to show you how much different a actor or even an artist could be because they put on their act to entertain. But who they are beyond that is probably far from that. If you wanted to check out any albums, obviously, if you want to just like the Here Come the Monkeys, the very first album was just them starting out and just know that majority of the stuff was done by the producers and the contract that they had with NBC. There was, I think Mike Nesmith did get a, some songs like Papa Jean's Blues, I think, on that one. He did write it, so he did force into making sure he did do songs from the beginning. Favorite songs. So there are a good amount of songs out there by them that are are really good. And I know everybody knows, like, I'm a believer, like, and I said Daydream Believer from before. Hey, hey, we're the monkeys. You know, they're all the ones that people know. So definitely check those out as they're the, the mainstream ones that have gotten popular over the, over the years and, you know, were the big number one hits at the time. But check these ones out too because they are, they are cool. They're different than your what you would expect to hear from a monkey's album or a monkey's song. There's a call, uh, one called Zorn Zam that's sung by... Uh, Mickey Dolan's and it's a, an anti-war song. Um, do I have to do this all over again? This is on the um, movie, the Head movie, which is so weird. Music from the from the movie, that album, and that's sung by Peter Tork. I really like that song. Salesman, Dorn to Summer, and anything done by Mike Nesmith, really and truthfully, he has he has such a nice voice, and even though it's more on the countryside and a little twangy here and there they are my favorite songs i don't necessarily like country music i'm not a fan of that and i can't listen to it but i can listen to mike nesmith music so go figure so maybe there's something about it that's different than what country music is now i'm not entirely sure i don't want to be a hypocrite in a way of like i hate country music but i listen to mike nesmith music I don't know enough about the intricacies of the music to tell you what the difference is between the twangy crap that's out now. Excuse me for people who really love country music. I just, I can't. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
or versus like his music. So I don't know. Give it a try. Maybe you can tell me. Like I said, I'm, I'm not really huge into the um, Davy Jones, but I do like like Daydream Believer and um, Star Collector is a great song. So my favorite episodes for the monkeys, they have all of them are great. Some of them are a little slow. Some of them, you know, like they're just a 26 minute long music video, like crazy music video. Some of them have like these really great lines and and little bits that just crack me up so these are the ones that I know like I laughed hysterically for a couple of them <laughs> by no means does that does it mean like the rest of them are not that great they are they are great in their own way but these are the ones that like really stuck out to me and that I remember and I can remember like the lines from it so monkey see monkey die so monkey see monkey die okay I'm sorry I had to I should have been a little bit more prepared with that instead of just like let me tell you the titles of it and nothing about the actual episode. So Monkey See Monkey Die is the one is one of them where they have somebody coming to tell them they have inherited something. And they're like, We don't know anybody, there's nobody that would give us anything. Who is it? Apparently it was somebody who they um gave back his wallet, uh, and he always remembered it, so he went he left them in their will. It, it's like kind of like convoluted here and there, but they end up having to go to this house and the terms of the the will is that they have to stay overnight in the, the house, which is kind of like um, the Vincent Price movie-ish type of thing, but funny. <laughs> so throughout the, um, the, you know, hilarity ensues, you know, and things happen and there's just some pretty, <laughs> it's just, it's just funny. It, I, I one of the ones, if I ever have to go back to watch them, it's like one of the first ones I'll watch. And I think it's episode two. Yes, episode two. Even though technically their very first pilot, the pilot show that usually like, you know, you have the shows that come out and they have a pilot episode uh, is the very first one that you see. And then the the studios figure out like, does do people like this? Was there enough viewership? Then they go on to the next one and are approved for however many episodes forward. Well, their pilot episode doesn't actually appear until episode 10. So it's very odd because you get kind of like weirded out because at one moment you're uh, seeing their really cool monkey mobile and then in episode 10 they had this like old woody van-ish type of thing and the way that they're dressed and even how they're like because it's before their hair got a little bit longer and they dressed a little differently it it's just odd it the whole even the way that they've set it up is different so like you go from having your basic monkeys episode and then in episode 10 you're like who the hell are they and why are they talking to some manager that they don't seem to have in any other <laughs> episode so i think they they did change it obviously to be a little bit more um i guess viewer friendly but it would have been an interesting uh, show if they had continued on the way that they had intended. Maybe it would have been a little different. I don't know. It was It was still not – it wasn't like a serious show. So it's just the way that they um, filmed it and how they made them out to be. So the second episode that I love is I Was a Teenage Monster. So this is kind of like a Frankenstein type of uh, story where – they get hired to teach this 
mad inventor his his monster how to move how to play music and how to do you know just music in general so they get hired but instead because it doesn't seem to be working the way that they're doing it they he wants to transplant their abilities into the monster so again hilarity ensues <laughs> things happen it's pretty cool uh, and then I have the picture frame, which I do remember when I first saw this, I was in, uh, my stomach hurt because of the amount of laughing that I did. It's actually, oh, there's actually two different names for it. The, pic the picture frame or the bank robbery, but it's the picture frame. That's how I know it. And it's in season two and, um, episode two in season. So, <clears throat> They give you the, uh, here, uh, the songs that are in it is Pleasant Valley Sunday and Randy Skuskit. So I love how they, they actually highlight different songs within it. And like I said, it literally just becomes a, a 20 some minute long, uh, music video. So their little synopsis here is that P Peter must prove the monkey's innocence when they unwittingly rob a bank in the pretext of making a movie for two con men. <laughs> now, it's, I believe the whole, section of when they are interrogating Mike Nesmith is is literally the part where I you know you're laughing so hard you're crying so I hope I hope it's as funny as I remember it again I haven't watched these in a while but I do remember it being hilarious and finally um in my little small list here is fairy tale now fairy tale so it's, it's a, a monkey pantomime romp through a fairy tale land. Uh, and it sees Peter rescuing a haughty princess uh, from death by her fiendish fiancé. The whole point and the whole reason why it's so funny is Peter tries to save the princess who is played by Mike Nesmith. And just his outfit, the way he acts, is it's great. And then you have the other ones playing Little Red Riding Hood, which is Davy Jones, and <laughs> Goldilocks, which is Mickey Dolenz. So, again, hilarious. Like I said, these are only uh, four out of how many episodes did they say they have? There's 58 episodes in total. Only, And I only mentioned the four, which are my favorites. That, Like I said, if I was going to go back in to watch them, they would probably be my first ones to watch. But... There are so many other ones that are great for different reasons. They have different people. Um, I know towards the end of their second season, they started to have um, special guests, musical guests. They had Frank Zappa on. They had Tim Buckley on, which let me just say that I don't know the song that he played. Tim Buckley, that is. If anybody listened to any Tim Buckley music, it is like hauntingly emotional. A lot of his stuff is anti-war chant things because of the time. But if you were to... I have to see what song it was that he sang on the monkeys, but it made me cry. It was so, like, emotionally charged. And Tim Buckley, if you have not listened to any of his stuff, please check it out. It's awesome. And like I said, very emotionally charged. And he has such a, a beautiful voice. And unfortunately, he died before his time, and so did his son, who also had a beautiful voice. Only the good die young, I suppose. Yeah, so definitely check out Tim Buckley, the great music, and check out all of the Monkees uh, songs. You want to have, like, a lift-me-up? Their, sh their show is, is a great comfort show to go and watch. I know I used to watch it when I was in 
so when when I was really into it and I was getting all these the VHS tapes from Columbia House uh, it was during so 1996 I was in what seventh and eighth grade and they were like one of the hardest years of my life in school for reasons which I've discussed in my other my other episode music and bullies and the monkey shows were a a wonderful way to escape so I was able to use their show to have a laugh find some other music that I might not have heard otherwise and just kind of be able to come home have a little bit of a comforting thing to to go to rather than just coming home and wallowing in what went on that day now not saying that I never did that but it was just another way to be able to survive it and like I said music has definitely kept me from not moving forward it it has it's it's a constant and continues to be so the monkeys were my saving grace especially when it came to their their show and their music was all for the most part mostly upbeat so it was a great alternative because when I got into high school I started to listen to Duran Duran and then I went into Depeche Mode Depeche Mode was a lot darker so I would mix in the monkeys <laughs> just to be like okay well now that we're back from the abyss let's let's get back into some happy upbeatness please and when I wanted some really well-written music I listened to Paul Simon because his lyrics exceptional I in my mind he is the number one songwriter I especially um and I think I might have mentioned in this another one patterns listen to that song it's by Simon and Garfunkel patterns that is just the cooks the cooks kiss <laughs> just excellent excellent I can't praise it enough anyhow so so yes the monkeys unfortunately we we've lost all but one Mickey Dolan's is still around thank you know thank God um, and they just they just had ended their um their goodbye tour and i had wanted to go and see them but i i just didn't have the money to go and see them and with everything going on it was you know there wasn't a whole lot of shows and i just i couldn't unfortunately so and then and then mike nesmith passed but i i'm glad he was able to do what he was able to do while he was here and thank you so much for giving us MTV, the music videos, and if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have so much stuff to fall back on. So thank you, and I hope the rest of them up there are enjoying a semi-reunion. So if you haven't checked out the Monkees, please do. They're definitely uh, they're definitely for everybody. I don't think that there's anybody who would just be like, this is crap. It's, it, it's all right, so it's from the 60s, but... There's definitely timeless songs in there that you can, you know, relate to, I'm sure. And even the shows, they're hokey, but they're so funny. And they're, they're well worth the watch. Well worth it. So I hope this was a little nostalgic. If it wasn't for the people of the Gen Ys, at least the, uh, the Gen Xers or the Baby Boomers, if anybody from that generation listens, totally for you. 
But I was talking more on the resurgences that they did in the the 86 and 96 because that's when I was riding that wave. So nostalgic for me. Like I said, I was not necessarily the most uh, stereotypical 80s baby Gen Wire. Uh, I led a very different life, but for reasons that I cannot control in this universe. <laughs> Anyhow, so I hope you enjoyed this very first episode of Season 2. I'm really excited to continue to do this. Whether or not I get a huge following and be trending... I know that there's a a few other um, podcasts that I listen to that are like one of them's on the trending on the trending page. I'm like, if I just had all of the YouTube followers that that person had, I would be fine, you know. But I'm not looking for um, really monetary value here. This is more, like I said, it was more of like a creative outlet, and perhaps it will turn into something else. Who knows? But. So I'm going to try and get these out on a weekly basis. I, I know that I had the, my little teaser trailer that was out. And so here's my, my first real episode of the new season. And I'm going to have 12 episodes. So there will be 11 after this. And I'm going to try and do it one, one a week. Still trying to chug out uh, two blog posts a week as well. So please check out my website at GabrielleCataldi.com. And you can listen to this podcast not just on the website, but also on Spotify, iTunes, Google, wherever you listen to a podcast, it can come with you. So I'm trying to make these a little bit longer. I know my last episodes were like, could be even less than a half an hour. I find that my, the last episode that I did, times are our, times they are a changing, was my longest episode and that was the most listened to. So I'm thinking, lengthening them, trying to get a little bit more meat and potatoes in there rather than just some some side stuff some side salad so I'm trying to get um a little bit more in each episode so it's a little bit uh you have more time to listen if you're listening to this at work or whenever you listen (laughs) thank you again so I'm trying to make these a little bit longer so I don't really I have you can listen here's my list of all my episode titles well sort of titles but my ideas for each one of them and then I can cross this off, The Monkey's Resurgence. And I'm so, I'm really excited to do some of these. Yeah, I don't know what order I'm going to do them in. I kind of like, I have them down. I have some notes down. And I also have um, the bonus episodes. So you're actually going to get 12 actual episodes and a 13th bonus episode, which will have my son Bryce. Because he agreed to do it, finally. <laughs> I think he's just getting so much more... Um, has like that confidence to to go on maybe because he hears me and he's just like okay well if she's doing it I guess I can do it and I also um did a a project at school that was all um communication through the generations so I had my mom him and myself so it was a baby boomer gen y and gen z and how things have changed over those generations and he allowed me to video him and the actual project was a 45 minute video I'm not saying that it was a uh, a masterpiece and deserves an Oscar, <laughs> but it was you know my first my first attempt of video editing, overlaying video stuff, never done it before in my entire life. So the fact that I finished it, I pat myself on the back that I did it, and I did it on my own because I refuse 
especially when it comes to school stuff, I need to do it on my own. I need to learn it as much as I try, and I'll I will ask for help if I'm completely deadlocked into like I don't know what I'm doing. But most of the time, it's like a YouTube video how to, and just me uh, punching my way through the walls. So, so yes. Um, Thank you again for joining me, and welcome to the new season. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and you will enjoy the episodes to come. So thank you again. Thank you, thank you for everybody who's listened up to now and continues to. And um, I hope you had a wonderful new year and are enjoying it so far. I know there's, there's things going on. Well, I'm in New Jersey, so what with the weather, you know, we had some snow, although I love the snow. It wasn't enough snow. <laughs> Um, and I know with all the COVID stuff that's going on, I understand that there's some like, it's kind of like a downer time right now. So I hope that this can bring you up a little bit and you can laugh at me and the ridiculousness that is me. So if that helps you, makes you happy or brings it up a little bit, then I've done my job. That's all I need. And I'm happy. So thank you again for listening. I hope you will tune into the next ones. Oops. Hope you'll tune into all the other ones. And if you want to have a follow, subscribe so you can get alerted for the new ones that are coming up. And also, again, like I said, check out my blog. So I, I appreciate you. And thank you for tuning in to That 80s Child, The Generation Y. And I'm Gabrielle, signing out. Peace. <laughs>